It is time now for Making Sense of the Markets. And boy, wouldn't it be nice if we could make sense of the markets? That's why we turn to Lori Pinkowski, a Senior Portfolio Manager at Canaccord Genuity, because she can help us do that. Good morning, Lori. Good morning, Simi. How are you? I am good, thank you. We need your help in making sense of the markets these days, Laurie. What is, what's going <laughs> on this past, morning? Uh, since the beginning of the year, I think uh, everyone's needed my help. But yeah, um, yeah you're, you're right. It's been uh, even more volatile again uh, over the past week. Um, you know, and, and markets do appear to be oversold at this point. We're seeing markets up just shy of 1% this morning after uh, yesterday, which again, what we saw there, what was really important on a technical standpoint is that uh, the S&P 500 really revisited uh, the June lows. And it's really important to see sort of a bounce off that low, because if we break that low, we could see kind of further decline in the markets on a technical standpoint. And again, this is kind of on the heels of last week's news of the Fed raising interest rates by another 75 basis points, uh, which was to be expected. Uh, but again, the Fed is is still more hawkish or more aggressive in their stance. And, you know, even talking that they're going to have to raise their benchmark rate in the U.S. Uh, to four and a half, four point seven five percent. So that's, you know, one and a quarter to one and a half percent from where we are today. Uh, and so, again, markets want to see sort of uh, an end to this or at least a pause. And uh, and that's just not in sight yet, uh, perhaps by the end of the year or early next year. Uh, and then, of course, there's still the idea of, you you know, what is this going to cause? Is this going to cause, you know, further economic uh, problems such as a recession? Mild or deep is, I guess, the question. Uh, you know, there's a big opinion out there, too. You can't really have a, a deep recession if everybody's working. As we know, uh, you know, unemployment or the, the labor market in Canada and the U.S. is very tight. Uh, unemployment, unemployment numbers remain low. So, again, these are things that we're watching. Uh, and markets, like I said, are in the green today. Okay, so is the UK situation having any kind of an impact? Uh, not as much, I would say. Um, you know, when we're taking a look at even just globally, uh, as they were raising rates around the world after the US did last week, again, there's still. Um, you know, issues with having such a strong U.S. dollar as well. And so these are things that we'll be watching going forward. I mean, like I said, there's a lot of moving parts. And again, the main focus really is inflation, and it still remains at a 40-year high. Uh, August inflation in Canada, you know, came in around 7%, which was lower. Uh, in, in the U.S., it was 8.3%. But again, we're still watching core inflation, right? Ex-food, ex-energy, uh, which has definitely been more stubborn. So those are kind of the, the main topics and why markets remain volatile. But again, you need to put it also in perspective. Like if you're trying to watch your portfolio on a day-to-day basis, uh, it can cause, you know, unnecessary worry. You know, you know, some people would say, you know, we've never had a war. We've never had a pandemic. Uh, usually market sell-offs are because we've never seen something before. Um, but again, keep in mind that the market has always gotten over everything and so has the world. It's just a matter of time. And also the holdings that you have in your portfolio, if they're large cap blue chip uh, companies, you know, you're, you're going to make, the, make it through this. Just keep that in mind. Uh, but again, it can, it's been going on for a long time. So that's why investors are really feeling it uh, and, and feeling the frustration. But again, this too will pass. The question is, is when? Okay. And so what about um, oil? Uh, We know that oil prices were down Friday, Monday, but what about now? 
Yeah, you know, oil fell sharply on Friday and on Monday. We had a bit of a bounce back. And, um, you know, I think uh, with with the price of oil, uh, you know, the high that we saw, you know, back, I guess it was in June, uh, the 130 a barrel, you know, that time appears to be over. Uh, we're sitting, you know, around $80 a barrel. And with that being said, um, you know, that does help the inflation fight, right, with oil prices coming down. But I think in Vancouver here, a lot of people are, are struggling with the the idea that oil prices have fallen, uh, yet we're paying the highest gas prices this week, which I saw in Global there, and so we did some more research on it, highest uh, gas prices ever recorded in any North American city. Uh, you know, if a Philip uh, for an average tank here is $117, where like Toronto and, and, and Calgary are, are $74. So why are we 35% higher? Uh, one, again, uh, a lot of our oil is coming from the West Coast market, uh, so there's tightness of supply because uh, of lengthy maintenance shutdowns in some of the refineries, especially the one in Washington. So even though in Canada, we've got a whole lot of oil, uh, it's actually being refined in Washington to be used up here in BC. And and also the other issue with Vancouver and BC is just the amount of tax, right? One third of our gas prices is tax. And some of the other provinces or cities have decided to reduce some of that tax to help people during this inflationary environment, which we are definitely not seeing here in Vancouver. Okay, so that's all stuff that we've got going on right now. I know people having to deal with those high gas prices, but let's talk about other concerns right now. Uh, With all the economic uncertainty, is this a good time, do you think, to be making a will? Yeah, you know, I, I often have people call in and people are listening to us talking and, you know, they're they're asking about, you know, financial planning, retirement planning and so on, um, along with markets. Uh, you know, and I often ask or almost at every conversation, do you have an updated will? And I would say, you know, 50% plus I uh, would say they don't have an updated will or they don't have any will at all. Uh, and of course, that can cause a lot of issues, right? If something happens to you, uh, you don't necessarily want the government making decisions on your assets or, uh, you know, picking an executor for you if somebody actually can apply for that role. Um, and again, it could cause more taxes to your beneficiaries if you don't have a good plan for, for your estate. And, and the other um, uh, issue is longer settlement period, right? So if you don't have a will in place, uh, it can take months, if not years, to divide your assets. And a lot of people don't want that, right? They want the intended beneficiaries to have it as soon as possible. And so again, it's really important to, to make sure that you have a will, but also that you update the will in case of any really big kind of trigger events. I would say so marriage or divorce, um, any births in the family, uh, starting or winding down a business, buying a home or large asset, uh, investment property, that sort of thing. That would all be reasons to update a will. But again, you want to make sure you have that will, but you also want that power of attorney. So make sure that when you do see a lawyer uh, that you're asking for both. And even before you do any of that, it's really good to get a financial and estate plan done so that you're organized by the time you actually go see the lawyer. So you have it kind of clear in your mind how you want to divide your assets. Yeah, that's the thing, right? Because you get there and then they turn out you have to fill out all these forms and do X, Y, Z, but you can save yourself a lot of that trouble and do it ahead of time. Yeah, a lot of the trouble and a lot of the money that you're paying the lawyer well, hourly, yeah, right? So, so usually yeah. your financial advisor or portfolio manager can provide that financial retirement plan for you. And then you simply, are, you know, you have kind of a... Um, 
a better understanding of what your assets are going to look like in 10, 15, 20, 25, 30 years, however long. Uh, and then you can kind of make better decisions uh, uh, around the division of assets for your beneficiary. So again, look at doing that first. It's it's free. And then uh, and then move on to the lawyer and uh, getting the will updated. But now make from, sure you have one. Right. Because from your perspective, then, Laurie, is the absolute minimum that people should have some kind of a power of attorney situation? Yeah. You know, I people die without a will. Again, the government will decide. It can be more complex if, you know, you have a... Uh, you know, common law partner or that sort of thing. Um, but in terms of a power of attorney, yeah, it's really important because if you ever become incapacitated, that you're unable to make financial decisions for yourself, whether it's even paying bills, that sort of thing, uh, then it's going to become very difficult. And, and we've seen that, you know, somebody has a stroke or they've got Alzheimer's, whatever it may be. Uh, so you want to make sure, but it's a, it's a huge amount of power you're giving somebody. So make sure uh, you think about that power and uh, make sure you're choosing the right person. And if you don't have a person to choose from, uh, then you can always uh, look at a trust company as well. So again, we've advised many people on, on how to handle that situation, but definitely a power of attorney is extremely important. How often do you think a will should be updated? Yeah, you know, again, a lot of people think, you know, you should update a will every five years or, or something like that. You don't actually need to if nothing has changed. Uh, for many, it doesn't change. But, you know, as I was talking about, you know, marriage, divorce, births, um, you know, buying or selling a big asset, those could be reasons to update the will. Uh, so again, make sure you're keeping that in mind uh, because I've seen actually with divorce that people have forgotten to, or not forgotten, didn't get around to updating the will, um, you know, and then they pass away and, you know, what you intended was not what you intended. Uh, so again, make sure that that's happening. And again, these are conversations that your advisor also should be kind of you know, poking and prodding you to make sure that you're thinking about so that you do get it done. You know, um, it's not something that people want to sit around the dinner table, you know, on date night and discuss, you know, will topics, right. but it, it, it is something that you need to get done as a family and, and as an individual uh, with, with any amount of assets that you have. If you, you know, own a home, if you have some money in the bank, you know, and, and I mean, there are ways to do wills without going to a lawyer, uh, but we often uh, and always suggest using a lawyer just because, uh, you may save money down the line for your beneficiaries rather than, you know, writing it on a napkin or something like that, which okay. you are able to do, but I don't suggest it. See, good advice. Don't discuss it on date night. Lori, thank you so much for your time this morning. <laughs> Thanks so much to me. Have a great week and let's look forward to better markets ahead. Let's do that. Yes, that's Lori Pinkowski, Senior Portfolio Manager at Canaccord Genuity. And remember, you can contact her team directly. It's 604-695-LORI or you can visit their website at pinkowski.ca.